Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, and you're listening to another episode of the Gossiping Heifers. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. Your source for entertainment, news, and real conversations. The Gossiping Heifers Podcast. Uncensored, real, and straight-up ignorance with your hosts, Michelle and Rochelle. Let's go! Hey, hey, y'all. We are back, and we have a very special episode with our girl, Amanda Seals. What's up, what's up, y'all? How you doing? I'm glad that. Yes, we are glad to have you back, girl. It was his third, fourth time uh, we've had on. Yeah, because you know I don't (laughs) like doing interviews. I mean, if it's Amanda, I'm down. Yeah, we've gotten to be just like you, Amanda, when it comes to having folks on your platform, just the folks we like. That's exactly how it should go. You know, that's my rule. So I'm with it. And I'm and I'm honored to be someone you all like. Oh, no, we, honey, we love you because every time you do something from your stories to the Smart, Funny and Black podcast, you always encourage us, drop gems and give us some funnies in between. Yep. I'm trying. I mean, I do it for y'all and for myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Trying to just like laugh through the bullshit. And, mm. you know, it's very, um, it's like, you know, you just kind of keep it balanced for your sanity and, and it's necessary. Like, uh, so just know that like, I, I, it means a lot to me that, that folks receive it because it's, it's for myself as well. Yeah. You got to laugh. I was going to ask you how you've been holding up during all this craziness with uh, the COVID outbreak. You know, COVID, um, COVID has been really kind of weird. I mean, I've been super, like, incredibly fortunate that I haven't lost anyone to COVID. Yes. Um, but, I, but I've had, you know, friends who have lost folk. And, um, I mean, I just got in a argument with my mom this morning because she decided to go get a pedicure. It's like, you live in Florida. They do not respect this thing out here. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then it's like, you know, things are spiking now. And it's very, um, it's just very... Like I feel like with the election, you know, of course there's still BS going on, but I did feel a sense of like, okay, but with Biden and Harris in office, you know, they're not perfect by any means, but I do feel like they have capabilities to get through this that this president clearly has not, you know? Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, because it would be, you know, you can go to bed at night, rest assured that you have somebody that's somewhat sane and, yeah. and, and doesn't spend half yeah. their time on Twitter. <laughs> They believe in science. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the very least, you know, they believe in science. Um, and I think that's the thing that a lot of folks really underappreciate. Like, just the basics. You know, they don't believe in science. They don't believe... Well, they just don't believe in truth. Not no. science. They don't believe truth. They believe in conspiracies. So they don't They don't even believe it. They believe in saying whatever you need to say to get what you want. That mm-hmm. is wildly dangerous. Um, so, you know, when I when I start seeing uh, this, that applied to something as serious as a pandemic, that's when you're like, well, this is deeper than... This is deeper than rap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's sad that we've had to go through this misfortune. So many Americans have been diagnosed with COVID. So, uh, many have died from COVID. And we have a leader that's taking it like a joke because he has the best health care plan, Obamacare, uh, to take care. Well, you know, we, t- <laughs> we, we took care of him. Right. That was us. While the rest of the citizens die. I mean, I think it's not even that he takes it as a joke. I think ultimately for him, all that matters is how he looks. You know, that's yeah. what it is. A narcissist. I mean, I've, I've dated a narcissist and you just come to realize that all they care about is their own presence at all costs. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if that means putting other people in literally really mortal danger and so be it yeah yeah it's sad that we have to have this ego trip on people's lives well I think the only thing I've enjoyed with Biden winning so far besides Biden is I haven't seen him or heard him (laughs) 
he is hiding. Well, you know, because at the end of the day, like they're planning, you know, some real nefarious shit right now. So I think he's just kind of sitting back and letting these other folks who were the puppeteers puppeteer. That's what that's what I think is happening. They're puppeteering, and he's just like being told to sit down and shut up in the process. But during this puppeteering thing, it's killing me. I just read an article about how the wording in all these lawsuits that he's filing, particularly in black cities, and he's labeling black people, of course, as uh, corrupt. Uh, morally irresponsible. That's basically the wording that's somewhat in this lawsuit. That the, uh, yeah, it's typical. Typical racism. So I'm like, you know, I knew it was coming because on the night of the week of the election, rather, he went on the news and he started talking about corruption in certain cities and he named all black cities. Of course, because that's who came through. Detroit, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Philadelphia, all sets up. And, you know, the other part of it is that, you know, these metropolitan cities are the ones that actually, you know, control the the vote when we come out and vote because they are the major populace. You know, it's these back neck, you know, kind of just hold on towns that have 150 people that look like a whole red square. But when you realize how many people are actually in the faces, it's just land. And I forgot who, who said it, but I was watching the news and it was like, land doesn't want election, vote do. Yeah, yeah. So when you really see the actual numbers of like what what a city like Philadelphia is in comparison to the rest of Pennsylvania, you know, you see how, yeah. how effective it can be. And so that was another thing too, just on the positive side of things, like I just feel like for so many people, they felt like their vote doesn't matter. There's no point. It doesn't, you know, it's not, it doesn't have any effect. So I think it's even more important than ever that we see this election go the way that the popular vote went because it really does demonstrate that there is a true democracy at work here and people need to see that in order to actually trust this place. Yeah. And I'm wondering after this presidency, will democracy even exist? You know, if Biden herping goes through, are we still going to have, I mean, because people have lost faith in politics, elections in general. Well, you still got a couple of people that we still got to get out, you know. We still got work to do because we got to get um Leslie, little slimy ass out. Oh, Lindsey Graham. Yeah, Lindsey and Mitch the Bitch. Yeah. So we got you. That's that's well, a work in progress. Bitch just needs to kick the bucket. You know, that's just. Why won't he die? Of- yes. <laughs> she read my mind. He's I'm, done his evil. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, it's just, it's just like, it's just crazy to see that this one man gets to exert so much power over this entire nation and people. Um, and, and he's just like, what makes him worthy? What makes him like allowed? And, and I, I, he's, he's, and he's so ugly. Good <laughs> oh, yeah. Him. He looks like an uncircumcised penis, an old one. I hate him. That's generous. That's that generous. generous. <laughs> <laughs> I, Gotta stop I, being I, nice. I've seen it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, so that's generous. He looks like a, like a, he just looks otherworldly, like in the worst way possible. Like, like there an are certain, yeah, like there are certain Star Wars aliens that you're just like, damn, y'all got the short end of the intergalactic stick. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you know, that's another reason why he's kissing Trump's butt, because he knows his the voting is coming up for the seats. And I hope black people take the same motivation and vote again. Well, I'm hoping that Georgia, you know, this runoff in Georgia is really like it's come down to this. Like the runoff in Georgia that's happening in January. And for those of y'all who are listening and, and are able to vote in Georgia, you have until January 5th to get registered to be a part of this, because really the Senate is going to be determined by these votes, by these yeah. two Senate happening in Georgia. And it is the difference between the Senate being a Republican majority, which would be run by Mitch McConnell, or a Democratic majority, which would not be 
run by Mitch McConnell. No. And, and, and regardless of, you know, because I genuinely don't believe that Trump is going to get his way. I just, in my heart, I don't believe that. But were he to somehow finagle that, um, you know, the Senate majority would, would be able to actually have, you know, some, some power in preventing the things that have been going through from going through. You know, like all this Supreme Court business and just the, the even like these bills that he'd like to take credit for that are just like, you had nothing to do with that. Like, no, all right. this, like this HU bill that he lets take credit for, it's like, you're the president, you just signed off. Like Kamala sponsored that bill. What are we talking about right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but a lot of us just didn't care about politics and I definitely am one of those people like, I kind of just skimmed the surface and just really like, was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I'm not going to vote for this for the trash ones. And mm-hmm. I've had to be a lot more involved and um, intellectual about politics in this election because you realize that for, for where we are now, it's not, it used to feel like politics was just this other world and we kind of just have to deal with it. And now yeah. it's like, nah, this is a personal thing. No, <laughs> you don't have to. And I think Trump really woke people up. It took someone like Trump to get in office because even Snoop registered for the first time mm-hmm. to vote. I saw that, you know, like, but it's also just like, if you're a very, if you're just like a, I mean, I know some people will, will bristle at this, but I just feel like if you're a mild sexual person, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, maybe I should just err on the side of caution and do the shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not going to take nothing out of me, so I might as well do it. Like, no. then you have folks are like, if I vote, then that means I am supporting this country. It's like, bruh, you live here. Exactly. If you live here and you're contributing to this economy, you are supporting this country. Like, it's, there's no, and that's the catch to me too of being a black American. It's like you're like, I'm here supporting a country that enslaves my people and that allowed us to uh, build it and give us nothing. Mm. And it's like that alone, that contradiction, that running the country, that conflict create so much um, I feel like just inner strife for a lot of us but yeah, it doesn't take a reality that if you hear you know you contributing still yeah. so if you didn't have a choice before we do now make a good choice but you know you've been contributing too I know because you don't really deep get deep off into politics but on a couple episodes in the last really six to seven months, you have had political figures, commentators on your show breaking down what, you know, just the general voter needs to know in mind, but especially if you are a black voter. Yeah, with small doses, with my podcast, I just made it like explicitly clear that I wanted to use my platform to educate in a real way. And we had, you know, I have access to these great minds. And so it was like, let me help expose, expose not the word, but let me help answer amplify their their um their brilliance and that goes from people like Latasha Brown to Joy Joy Bryant not Joy sorry not Joy Bryant Joy Reed um Angela Rye Mark Lamont Hill Eddie Glaude like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Tiffany Reed I mean it's just um it was just imperative that I use every platform I have and then I started doing videos on our Smart Bunny and Black YouTube page so go and sub- go and subscribe and you know I was putting up bread I've been putting up my own bread all COVID yeah. like to, to make content that we don't make money off of, by the way, but to make content that, you know, can educate and entertain at the same time. So we've been doing videos about, you know, lies we tell ourselves about voting, you know, reasons why it's important to vote for us as black folks, like, you know, what makes John Lewis not an asshole? I've been doing characters. (laughs) 
I've been doing character interviews. Like, I just really find ways to invigorate and, um, in some cases, rejuvenate individuals who have become apathetic about all of this because I just feel very passionately about our role mm. and the fact that for what we're as black folks, every time we do get involved, we do see change. Yeah. We yeah. just got, we got comfortable. You know, civil rights movement went down, like, we got involved and we saw change. And then folks were just like, all right, now we got to work on, you know, our individual spaces. And then we got comfortable in the 80s and 90s. It was kind of just like a malaise um, because people had individual success. And I think that that, for the most part, made a lot of people feel like just kind of complacent to the reality that there's still a lot of institutionalized racism that is preventing our community mm-hmm. from advancing. And um, I would love to see a shift. I would love to see a shift forward to thinking of us as a community again and not just looking at our own personal gains as a sign of success and as a sign of the departure of racism as an actual system of oppression. Yeah, yeah. And that, it is so much used as such. And, you know, we got a lot of people covering the outcome of the election but I got to know why does Van Jones work your nerves? <laughs> yeah, she told me you can't stand Van. Can't stand him. <laughs> I, but, but you know what? I, I used to be a huge fan of Van. I've been slowly learning little personal, private things about Van. I said, hmm. See, I don't even know those things. I'm talking about shit I've seen on Egypt. I, I don't like the push side of yo. Like, I don't, I, if I can't, if I can't know what side you want from day to day, I can't, I don't like that because it makes me feel like you are vacillating according to the trend, not according to the retreat. And, mm-hmm. you know, and some say, but no, you know, he's being objective. And it's like, nah, because we're looking at comprehensive things here. Like, mm-hmm. you can't be objective about supporting Donald Trump. Like, you can't one day be like, I support this, but I don't support that. Like, because he is a comprehensive evil man. Like, you can't, it don't look that way. <laughs> What I've been learning, he's, he hangs with the Trumps. See, I didn't know that. And, you know, recently yes. I learned that. Yes, yes, he does. Show me with the Trump boys. I said, oh, Van, Van, damn. You know, but, and I just feel like when you got a white wife, you better be out here waving a BLM flag. You better be out here very clearly walking a line of, like, Black Panther, Mumia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you I know, want- most of the time they had a white wife, they're not going to do that, you know. Listen, Amir Baraka in the middle, in the beginning of the civil rights uh, in the Black Arts movement, he was married to a white woman, and he was like, you know what? His name was Leroy Jones at the time, and he was like, you know what? I just I can't and commit to this while being with you. I got to let it go. And he, you know, they broke up, and he changed his name to Amir Baraka, and now his son is Ross Baraka, who's you know over there in Newark, New Jersey, doing things. And you know, it's just, and I don't want to, I don't want to say like, oh, man is a hater of, of interracial relationships. That's not the point. Love yeah. is love. I do feel like it's very important that we still acknowledge the reality of how black love is politicized. Exactly. And how black life is mm-hmm. And how, you know, the optics of things does matter. And as somebody who sits on TV on a regular basis mm-hmm. and speaks from a place of being an intellectual black man, speaking as the black voice in the room, I don't feel like he is sturdy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like he deserves that seat either, though. I feel like I, I said this on my, on my. I feel like he really just gets a lot of props because he wears glasses, so he looks smart. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he know, got but, them like gold glasses, you know, with the hoop with that, like the hook behind the ear. You know, it just looks like oh, he's smart. He read books. Like he read. Yeah, he's edition. an intelligent black man. He's safe. <laughs> yeah. You know, when in actuality, like Mark Lamont Hill would blow him out the water. You know, so yeah. in terms of intellectualism, insight, humor, all the above. But you know, then then they got this whole video that's been going viral about him saying that you know Trump doesn't have to concede and like how he just discovered this yes. in the, in the, and I'm mm. like so look at history 
thing. If you're a lawyer, you are a, you were a practicing lawyer, then you worked at the White House. You worked in the White House. Yeah. And you also look pundit for some at least six years now. Yeah. And it's no time in any of these spaces you knew this. Yeah. Like this house is new to you. Like mm. all you do in law school is dismantle the constitution. Yeah, I mean it makes you wonder if one of his son you know, Trump's sons pulled him to the side and said, Well, you know, if you could you don't have to say it's on the air. But if there's a video that you could just have float out there, you know, I'm yeah. just trying to figure out. I don't like. I don't like that. I can't confidently dispel that as a possibility. Right. That's well, simple fact, he it's don't so- know Beyonce and Mary J. Blige difference. He he, he lost his black card right there. You are absolutely correct. Like how? When, listen, if someone said to you, "I think some, I think Trump people paid Amanda Fields to do a video," you would be able to confidently be like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the heifers know better you'd very easily you'd be like I don't know her like that but I know her like that like come on like right. you know and I, I, I would I that's the type of um, reliability that I want to see from folks that are particularly like being looked at as speakers of and for the black community like it hurts my heart when people say things like Amanda Fields is a coon et cetera et cetera because I know that uh, I don't move that I don't move that way who, who but you know what? Say that. We got to go ahead and get into it. But because- I want to say too that nothing that makes me mad is what they're doing to Ice Cube. Yeah. What are they doing now? You know, they slam- Ice Cube came out with an awesome plan that is very smart and detrimental for the black community. And he showed it to Trump and he showed it to Joe Biden. Of course, Joe said, let me wait and see who win. And of course, Trump took it and does what he does and makes it seem like Ice Cube is supporting him and endorsing him and that's not what's going on. Well, that was Ice Cube's dumbass going in there thinking it was going to be anything other than... Now, this is true. That's true. That's his only mistake. I I said, your mistake was because he did it to everybody that comes through there trying to do something. He turns it into a prop. I think he made several mistakes. I think there was a lot of ego involved. You know, when he came out, it was, I did this by myself. Nobody helped me. I did this by myself. And it's like, well, who the hell are you to do this by yourself? (laughs) What? What expertise did you acquire yeah. that we didn't know? Like, I'm going to tell you now, like, I wouldn't proceed to do that. I wouldn't my, myself presume to do that. No. Like, I, I mean, I'm smart, but that's not my area of study. I have not, I would never in a million years think that I could just pick up on a, on a, on a April day during quarantine, because I'm bored, just pick up political <laughs> and, and come up with like, what's going to save the nation. As if people like Alicia Garza and people like Latasha Brown mm-hmm. and people like Patrice Cullors mm-hmm. have been doing it for years and committing their entire lives to this. Like mm-hmm. to me, it's the plan that you, the plan that you're talking about that he came up with. What was so great about that plan? Ninety percent of the plan was already in Biden's plan. Mm-hmm. And, for, and for what it's worth, why are we showing a person a plan who's been in office for four years and didn't have and a plan? Shit. Yeah, and yeah, there you why, go too. Why, didn't why have a plan. Consciously saying, well, shit, if this man already been in office for four years and didn't bother to have a plan, why would he all of a sudden need to have a plan now? Like, that's the part that's blowing my mind. Like, yeah. Joe Biden, Joe Biden has had the list of your voice plan for months, for months. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying the plan is fully comprehensive and conclusive and perfect by no means, but it's existed. The person who's actually in office has had no plan. And when he exactly. did deliver a plan, when he did deliver a plan, it was a one page of bullet points that had no actual substance. <laughs> it was just all these like fantastical, you know, like I'm gonna get. It was like it was like when you're running for office in sixth grade, and the other candidate is promising free pizza, and you're like, you don't have the power. You don't have the power to do that. Oh. So, so, but, but you know, everybody's been doing on 
a bad way to call him a coon and he's a sellout. I think I don't, I'm not going to call him a coon, but I think yeah. he was. I think he was a very. Um, I think he was operating from a place of ego and short sightedness, and I think yeah. that is where a folks are coming from who seem to think mm. that they are going to be the magical unicorn mm-hmm. that's going to come in and save the day and and make this person who does not operate in humanity yeah. move in a different fashion. And yeah. that is my frustration because to me, that's a, mis- that's a misdirection of energy. Yeah. You think that you are going to have any level of credible exchange with, with this man is foolhardy, yep. gullible, naive, and mm. just plain dumb at this point. What you grown? What you yeah. grown? Yeah. Your mama, your mama can watch a nigga come in your house and tell you real quick, don't even do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was my thing. I don't know why you even went to Trump. <laughs> And then when it was like, well, Trump met with him and, and Biden said, wait till after the election. Well, yeah, I mean, True. he already has a majority of the things in his in his plan and he can't do nothing until after. And for, and the things that he's asking for literally like don't have any bearing on that. People are like, we want reparations. People don't even have, they're not even able to give you, a lot of people are not able to give you an actual specific rendering of what that means. Yeah. They can't. They well, think it's a check. It's a, another check. So what you going to do with that? Okay, so you get another, uh, mind you, by the way, we all seem to have forgotten that Trump said, I'm not going to give y'all no more COVID relief until after the election. Right. Oh, yeah. So that, what? I guess, y'all, I can't. I just feel like there's so much willful ignorance going on. And we... Yeah. Like these are equal scenarios when this person has already been in office. Yeah, they've been in office for years. So you come in now to talk to talk to them like it's some new shit. No, <laughs> at the end tale. That was my main objection. I'm like, dude, why would you even take it to him? Because every black person that's an entertainer that comes across his table, he uses, he uses a, a PR pro- stunt. Yeah, it's a PR stunt. He don't give a damn about what you're talking about. You know, Steve Harvey still ain't recovered. So you know, I'm just. <laughs> And it's just, it's, 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 it's the, it really is just like this ego and thinking like, well, I have money and I have stardom, so I'm, it's going to be different for me. And that is the part that celebrity really like can lie to people about because it's not, it, it, it doesn't work that way. And you're in over your head. And when he was on with, you know, Roman Martin, Roman Martin kind of just denoted that, you know, like, yeah. uh, like, you know, you're not really keeping up with, you didn't say that verbally, but you know, with, you can- with, but with Wade, mm-hmm. it was clear that like that was the case. So mm-hmm. I say all that to say like, no, I'm not canceling iTube. I'm not, I mean, listen, when it first came out, it was iTube helped the Trump administration. Like, so yeah. it, it, when I was definitely like, fuck iTube, like he better check himself before he wrecks himself. That um, <laughs> <laughs> was verified, but it still doesn't, it still doesn't excuse the fact that like iTube's business partner is friends with Steve Bannon. You know, like it still doesn't excuse the fact that a lot of these cats are operating at a level of financial stability that someone like Trump um, is an asset to them in the re- in the in the retaining of their wealth. You know, mm-hmm. it still changes the fact that, that brothers for centuries, it feels like. Uh, it feels like, because it hasn't been centuries, but there, there's this constant trend, particularly by black men, where they think money affords them equality. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I hate that. Remember, yeah. remember, I'm not black. I'm OJ. Yeah. No, oh yeah. No nigga. <laughs> so you black as a motherfucker. <laughs> And, you know, as far as reparations go, I, I don't ever see America giving reparations to blacks. Yeah, but what even is your version of reparations? Land that they took back. They gave and took back. So we were never really, like, given. <laughs> you know, like, it wasn't even ever really given. Because even, like, when sharecroppers were given land, they were given yeah. land under the sharecropping. So it was mm-hmm. never, it's always performative. Like, mm-hmm. if we're not, if we're 
to talk about reparations. What like, is it? You, like, if we talk about land, we have we are on desecrated land from the Native Americans. Like, mm-hmm. that's the principle of this country. So that, first and foremost, is that. And then it becomes, okay, how do you quantify? And I'm, and this is why, like, at first, I used to feel like, oh, it's funny style when they say exploring what reparations would be. That's funny style. But yeah. I realized that you have to do that because how do you quantify that? How do you quantify? So, so do I qualify for reparations, even though only one of my parents is a descendant of American child slavery? Mm-hmm. Um, and then do we, okay, so do we acknowledge that, yes, my other parent is a descendant of Caribbean child slavery and that until 1776, mm-hmm. this country was built on the back of slaves on not, not only in America, mm-hmm. but also in Central America and in the Caribbean and that that money was uh, a part of this country. So you, you guys understand, like, it's complex. Yeah, that's what they it's, said. They said there's no way of tracing back everyone that came from slavery. So then it becomes, okay, reparations cannot take place in an individual way. It becomes more that reparations have to take place in an institutionalized way, in a way that the system is switched. So that's why like, when we look at affirmative action, that was a form of reparation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Form. I would like a you switch. Know? All the way. When we look at the reallocation of assets and budgets to specifically black communities, uh, you know, for, for, for particular purposes, like, you know, that to me is, is how reparations get enacted in a more um, in a more practical way that affects, that affects the black community by and large and, and, in a, and, and for a longer period of time. Yes. Like a check and it goes, you know, yes. so where I just. Where I just see like an actual task force put together where money was, was put in place to specifically create education systems around yeah. free, around black um shit, around black emotional intelligence, ab- around our mental health, like in all of yeah. these ways, that to me is is a valuable reparation. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right because you know, it, it's just so much needed beside just a check in the black community. And I've always said mental check, mental health is definitely one. Yeah. In my mind, rep- Reparation is applying money to the healing of black people yeah. at the hand, who have suffered at the hands of this country. That's reparation. Yeah. And I don't feel like that application happens in the form of us getting a check in our bank account, or at least solely in that way. Well, no, because you, you know, half of us would F it off. <laughs> and we give it right back. Girl, <laughs> so, you know how many TVs? Jordans, <laughs> spinning rams, <laughs> booty <laughs> implants. <laughs> we want nice things and we deserve nice things. You know what I'm saying? But uh, uh, ultimately though, those things do not heal in the same way that resources and programs and a shift in the engagement of education in our community. Like these young men in Chicago are just killing each other in the street in broad daylight. Like Mm, it's nothing. Say it. Like it's nothing because because there's a disconnect happening from love. There's a disconnect of love happening. They don't don't, don't see themselves in each other Mm -hmm. and they don't see love in themselves. And it's like, well, how do we, how do we get there? How do we get so hollow and so empty in some of these pockets of our nation where black folks are unable to see themselves in each other? Like mm-hmm. how? Mm. And I, I need that. I want to know what I, I want to get to the bottom of that because I've dated brothers like that. Oh, I have too. <laughs> so much anger, so much aggression, bitterness and bitter. Yes. Mm-hmm. And speaking of bitter and aggression, I love mm-hmm. the way you walked. Mm. And I mean, no, the way you dog walked. Fat man scoop up and down Instagram. 
Oh, hilarious. I what didn't it, feel like I saw that. Why did you feel like it was a dog walk? No, because he needed it. He needed it. Because what you said to him. Right. Because we've been friends like over 30 years. So he's been told this. And when he hung up with you and he stood up, his whole back was sweating and wet. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but girl, I promise you. And every time your name comes up, that's it's almost like a bad memory for him. It's like, oh, my, you know, I don't want no. She, she dog walked me and no. Nah, yeah. He like, said, I'm going to pray we have a different interaction. Off the air conversation, she's been saying the same thing we've been saying to you. You need to get your priorities checked. So I'm going to share a story with you, Amanda, about your friend Scoop. <laughs> uh, he recently came to Houston, and that's where we're located, and said, hey, I'm going to come through. We haven't seen each other in over 30 years. He okay. comes through. He goes to the office. He sets up his uh, iPad so he can do his show live. He does his show live. And basically packs up and says, hey, I will see you guys in the morning. I got to make a run to another part of Texas. Okay. So you didn't even get a chance to meet my son. You were in my house for an hour. <laughs> okay. Yeah, online. Online. You set up. And then once you were done, you packed up and you vamped. Well, his cuckoo nut girlfriend was texting, blowing yeah, up his phone. I, I'm not going to even get on that topic. But <laughs> we're just going to focus on us. <laughs> okay. Folks don't have manners. Like, yeah. and I know that sound real basic but like it's really true like when they talk about home training like a lot of folks don't have like manners like the the actual effort to succeed you know became so hyper focused that they lost touch of like just like regular human social shit yeah like in a, like that's what that sounds like like I don't think he is somebody who actively was like man fuck her son but it's just like I'm so focused on the things I gotta do that like I don't I, I, like I am disconnected from like civility no I mean like, I, 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 I had to hold my hand up right quick. <laughs> you don't understand this. It's not even that serious. Cause like I said, he bounced and he said he'd be back in the morning. Truth be told, he's messing with an element in his life that does not to be, that doesn't even need to be part of his life. It's causing a lot of havoc in his life. He's been advised. He's been told. And that's what he was in a rush to go take care of. So it was no emergency. It was no business. Yeah. And supposedly uh -oh. this situation was supposed to be cut off because it's interfering with business nah. and personal issues. And this situation ghost, she's on a ghost account. So whenever he's live, she's watching under a ghost account. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time he was here, his phone was going off. And really like that, yo. Mm. Like I, I'm legit. Like I be thinking some men actually they do. They 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 feel um they feel like they're being I don't know like they feel like that's love. That's the ass fucked up, but you know, but but that's true. Yeah, because I told Michelle I I had an ex that had a best friend, and if the girls weren't acting a fool, stalking, fucking with his car, it wasn't love. But they thought right. They felt like you know, oh, I'm driving her crazy. That means she really you know she with it. Like she fuck with me, and I. Just I'm always like, yes, not. I mean, like, I remember my ex, my ex had sent out a tweet that paraphrased, said something to the effect of, I'm so messed up, I can't even be loved by a good woman because if she's too nice, I have to put up. That's sad. And he was like, LOL. But it was like, cry for help. Yeah. 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 I mean, you want us, you know, sometimes we have pain and we, we share it with the world. We try to be, you know, humorous or sarcastic with it, but it's actually the truth. On what you're going through. And that's what I told Michelle. I said, he uses humor because I said that boy got a lot of self hatred going on inside to deal with that crap. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a good hearted brother and he means well, but he overextends himself to it to, to points that he does not need to extend himself to. There's things that he needs to work on within himself. So when you gave him that read on Instagram, it was so needed. I was just like, I saw the the clouds part, the, the sun <laughs> beams came in I, and I heard the angels sing. You I, see the doves. Yes, I saw doves. <laughs> okay. And I'm just like, dude, please listen and take note to what she's saying because see, we told Amanda the other part, it would be like, oh, I would love to have, I would love to have scoop on three way. No. I just went there because he was like, yo, like I know that you like, you know, you you like talking about relationships, and you know, so will you come on? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But see, Amanda, I told him, I, I told him, I said, have you listened to Amanda Seals? Now, first he was like, Amanda, I said, dude, please go check her out. Yeah. And then when he was getting ready to have you on a second time. I sent him the link for fuckboys. And I said, you really need to listen to this because she's talking about you. <laughs> okay. I said, even as a friend, she's talking about you. And he had you on. And then, you know, when he got all sweated up, I said, did you listen to the episode before you decided that, that's to discuss what that? That's what everybody kept telling him. You weren't hearing her. Right. That's why he got so sweaty. <laughs> I thought they did like performing. Oh, no. <laughs> No, that's him. That's him. That's him. He wasn't performing. He was that was Scoop. Hilarious. And he's, and he's freaking hilarious. But that's why he took it personal. I'm like mm-hmm. you, you didn't listen to her, sweetheart. <laughs> and the next night, people were still ragging about that conversation. No, they they bring that up almost and every day. And he got really into his feelings. He was like, "Look, I'm a good father. I'm a good provider. <laughs> I'm like, okay, dude, bring it down a couple of notches." <laughs> Uh, oh, please. I mean, listen, you know, we all have our journeys that we're on and you just kind of never know what's on tips and scales and bringing you into that phase. I think for older brothers, like, you know, clock is ticking. Yeah. So it's like, you died. like, okay, am I going to, am I going to continue to be a victim to my traumas or am I going to like really try like to make a, a last phase of attempt to really like, you know, yeah. be, be in charge of my own destiny. And I think so many of us think that we don't have that power, but we really, really do. And, um, and it's imperative mm. that we really like get into it as soon as possible. So I'm, I hope maybe I, maybe I, uh, maybe <laughs> I something that can lead to something, you know, positive for soup. And yes. so then his friends will be like, see, we like you now. Yeah. So well, make sure you have your crystals and sage on hand yeah. when you go on, go on that journey. Okay. And Moultrie. That's why we was willing to give her some, you know, some tidbits. So, she can, <laughs> so when you do talk to him, you can help him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I just be talking, coming from a place of like, this is, um, like, I'm, I'm literally talking to him from a place of just, we're just chatting. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not even anything, um, deeper than that. Like, it's like, he wanted to talk, like, let's talk. Like, yeah. I think that, I think for a lot of us, um, we just don't get a chance to have those talks. And then, like, you know, not everybody has a good therapist. True. And he needed one, and you helped him that day. <laughs> like, yeah, but if your therapist, your therapist isn't challenging you. Yeah. Um, to be to be better, you know, then you're not really you're you're, you're kind of like I, I I was talking to a dude and he said that his therapist basically tells him that like everybody else is wrong and I'm like oh lord oh, yeah that's oh, not no. good Mm-mm. it's a waste of time mm. you know like, well not for, not for the therapist because I know every hour I'm getting some money yeah like but she was literally just making this man feel like he was the victim and right. he was actually like victimized like he was making everybody else a victim mm. and so you could I mean she was just feeding his narcissist and you're right he was rich shit, but she was definitely taking his money. Oh. 
Is that what's that? I think that's what's going on. I think Scoop said he does take therapy, or I'm not sure. It's not enough. But yeah, anyway, he needs to change his therapist, pretty much. <laughs> He did say that he goes to therapy and, um, and, you know, I was just like, you know, I think that if you're in therapy and you're not making headway, something got to change. And that's either you or the therapist, you know, or both. Yeah. I think that fool was doing therapy with a, a couple therapy. I don't think he's doing therapy for himself. Well, I, I, we're going to get off the scoop topic. Well, what's, cause, what's the cause, next cause, topic? Because I'm going to get dizzy, okay? Smart, funny, and black has gone virtual. How's that working out? I mean, because I like the fact that you're still doing the show with, with COVID in play. Of course, you can't do the live shows like you used to. Mm. I mean, I was honestly very like excited to be able to do that because, because I just wasn't sure if it was going to work. You know, like COVID kind of forced a lot of us to just try shit and yeah. um, and so it was really exciting to be able to see people respond so profoundly and really just get into it and you know I don't really I don't really find myself like missing like I only recently found myself like missing the stage like that mm-hmm. but it was definitely important to me like to, to keep doing content like that um, for for the time because you know everybody is feeling like so frustrated and so um, just, just disconnected from each other and all the above and I just like, okay, let's see what we can do. So yeah. I was really glad that we could figure that out. And um, we're, I'm, I'm currently trying to figure out if I'm, if I'm going to do one more um, for the, before the year is out. So I'm in conversation about that. And, okay. um, but it's a, it's, it's a doozy though, because you do the show and like, I'm, I didn't realize how much I was connecting with the audience in such like a real way until now where you're like, you're just kind of like, how do I put it? You're in front of your computer and you're just like putting energy out but you're not getting nothing back. Yeah, mm, gotcha. You know, so it's like a weird, it's a weird feeling. And the first time I did it, I just was so drained mm. because I just kind of gave my all to a computer. Yeah, but um, you got real good positive feedback though. I mean, the show has grown with every time that we've done it. You know, we did the first one was with Lex and Tyler Pratt. It was like a one-on-one reunion. And then mm-hmm. we have um, Ron Johnson, uh, Daryl Bell, and Kadeem Hardison from A Different World. Yeah. So that was dream for me because we last year we had Free Summer and Jasmine Guy, and I still haven't recovered from that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then we had, um, on the last show, we had uh, David Diggs and Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton, and then we were fortunate enough to do some private shows with like the um, National Society of Black Engineers and we did a private show with um, Google for their black organization at Google so you know we've really been able to use this show to not only like enlighten folks and enliven folks but also like in the corporate space to um, bring like some information and unity into those spaces that is needed mm-hmm. but it definitely takes a gift to be able to do that and like you said not to be able to get feedback but you still performing very well it's like with that michelle yeah. obama speech you know that she did so well but had no feedback <laughs> no like, that has been incredible and like for us just people being able to show up online over the all over the world yeah. is huge you know because it's global usually we're in a city and it's just whoever's in that city so to be able to have people from south africa and london and mm. the philippines and ireland and you know all over this globe engage is really a unique um it's a unique experience and the thing about it was when we created smart Funny and black for the virtual space i made a point of saying like i want to do a show that doesn't feel like we're mimicking 
the live show, but it feels like just a new version of the live show. So that even when the America opens up again, I would be able to do the live show as well as the virtual show because yeah. I still want to go across the globe to be able to get access to this dope experience. And for those who are listening and don't know, Smart Funny and Black is my Black Pop Culture game show where we take, we, get, we bring two funny, two funny Black folks together and they compete in games that I created that test their knowledge of Black culture, Black history, and the Black experience. And it's interactive, it's educational, it's funny as hell, it's, improv- it's improvisational, there's music, like it's a one-of-a-kind experience. So now trust me, we know because we know went. That. Yes, you did. And, and, listen, and I had a ball. I'm telling you. People always say like, oh my gosh, like that was more, like they didn't know. They didn't know. Exactly. So I was just saying that the fact that people are saying when they watch a virtual show that they, you know, they've had the same thing where they're like, damn, I didn't know it was going to be like that. Like that was so dope. Like yeah. that to me, if you back to let me know we're doing the right thing. I'm telling you, it's like a black homecoming because you just get all the vibes. You be, have the good music, the trivia. I know when you had uh, Ali Sadiq on the show, you came to that Houston, shit. you first came that here. That food right there. And Ali is already, he's just naturally ignorant, but he's also very sharp. Yeah. And you learn as you play the game. Yeah. I mean, Ali is a fool. No, so. just, yeah, you don't want to even talk, talk, start talking about black stuff with well, him. Ali, oh no. Oh my God. <laughs> Ali will take you all the way down and around. <laughs> So, you know, but as a comic, I knew that he would go in. I mean, the show that we did with Ali was literally like three and a half hours long. Yep. Just kept going. Like, yeah. he no. just kept going. Yeah, ain't no stopping Ali. With no, I already knew it was going to be a long show because when he started off with that Martin Luther King picture, when he was playing pool, and, and I said, you know what? I can't. I cannot. I can't. That picture cracked me up every time. So I'm like, <laughs> I knew this was a player from that Oh yeah, he's a fool. <laughs> he is a fool in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. For those of y'all who who are interested, in, like who like these types of conversations and who want to find this type of community in their social media, I launched an app called SFB Society. Mm. Uh, we call it social media for folks who want conversation without confrontation. Okay. And <laughs> I know a lot of us like if you got to me, it's like if I got to take a break from Instagram, then it shouldn't even be in my life. Like it's like why do I got to take? Why is this place so toxic? But I got to excise myself from it. So I decided to create a face that's a safe face okay. for black folks and guys who talk honestly and earnestly about us. Mm-hmm. And so within SFE Society, we have groups, we have perks, we have discounts, we have um, courses and challenges. And it really is a community that is built on and built by the community. And so it's been really dope just to see we launched four months ago. We're about to do a relaunch now. It's a membership only community. And what that membership buys you is protection from trolls and Karens and hotep and bullshit. <laughs> you know, Amanda is like your curly-haired unicorn. Right? You know, I, I just fucking love Amanda, you know. Wherever she goes, she sprinkles glitter. <laughs> that, like, you get all these other things and at the root, the protect, what you get is protected from that. We had a young lady who was in there, like, and she got in an argument with somebody and she thought that it was going to be okay to call this one out her name and threaten oh. her. No, are canceled and you get no refund because we want to foster a community that is demonstrative of how we feel like the black community could thrive, which mm. is, we don't have to agree on everything. Yes, we are going to have differences, but at the core, we must respect each other. Yeah. We must move in a mindset of, of, of 
of excellence. And uh, and that's not respectability politics. That's not what that is. That's just me recognizing another human and saying, you know what? I can recognize you as a human. I don't got to rock with you. I don't got to like you. I don't got to keep conversing with you. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to create a space of toxicity. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. And it's sad because that's everywhere. Because Michelle was just talking about taking a break. I, I just said the other day, I said, I am taking a break from social media. You got to because it's too crazy and there's too much idiocy. And it's like, we don't allow that at, at SFB Society. We want you to be able to talk honestly, but we want you to be, you basically, the rule is you can disagree without disrespect. That's there it. There you go. I like that. We're going to have to join because I promise yeah. you, if I do have to get on social media, it is, it, you know, it gets distracting and you get disappointed when you see all this garbage coming through. And I'm like, no, because I was doing a group that was on Facebook was about black, you know, blackout or whatever, but it, it became so negative. Yeah. It was stupid stuff being posted. I'm like, how is this going to empower anybody that's black? Right. Yeah, I'm not with it. Yeah, too much garbage. I'm not with it. Uh, I mean, my staff is all um, black, indigenous, people of color. Yes. It's all at present. Um, and we are in the middle of this relaunch that we hope will really get people excited about this unique space and the fact that, you know, they are who empower that space. Yeah. We, we are at their disposal. Like, when people are like, we want to have a group for black women educators. Not even black women. We want to have a group for black educators on SFB Society. Boom, here's a group created mm-hmm. um and you know we want to we want to be able to to learn more okay now we have courses and we're going to have different individuals from throughout our black communities that are doing courses and challenges that people can get involved in and there's going to be perks associated with that uh we want to you know then you have people who are like yo we want to talk we want to be able to talk to each other like in a um in a forum and so now we're about to have like something called tacky wednesdays which i got from the show fleabag where you know we will open the forum on on wednesdays and everybody can just talk to each other it's just literally like you're in a mixer, you know, Ooh. and these are the types of things that we're able to do because we built our own app. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that we're also able to do because we have fostered a community that is built on love. Yes. Awesome sauce. Yes. Uh, everybody check out sfbsociety.com. You can download the app. And of course, you know, listen, you don't got to commit to a year if you want to try out a month and just see what it's like. Come on, get on board. Well, get I'm sure it's coming from you. I'm sure it's positive. I'm sure it's awesome. Me and Michelle will be checking it out. Fabulous. Thank you all. All night. Always a pleasure. Come back and hang and talk to you. Hopefully the next time I talk to you, you know, we will have a very clear president and we will have a clear and we will be COVID free. Amen. Thank you so much again, Amanda. You have a great day, honey. We will talk to you very soon. No doubt. Thank y'all. Have a good one. How you, you do the same? Always a pleasure. I'm telling you, we can have Amanda Seals on every single episode. Yeah, I love talking to Amanda because you know I don't like talking to people. No, we don't. But no, I've gotten to be like you now. I, oh, yeah. You, I'm I, so glad. <laughs> she's on my turf. No, because before when we first started, I was driving myself crazy trying to book all these different celebrities. Yeah. And with celebrities, you have to go through gatekeepers. Gatekeepers like their publicist, management, whatever. Yeah. If they feel that your platform is not worthy of their client, they'll bypass you. They may even ignore you. Yeah. Amanda from day one. From day one. She's never been snooty booty. No, never. And you always learn something from her. She's always getting, she's always got something new going on. Yeah, I did but not know about that social media. No, community. I didn't know about that either. Okay. So that's something cool to learn about. But then too, you know, I've learned a little bit more about the, you know, why folks are so mad with Ice Cube, you know, getting her opinion. I'm like, hmm. Mm, okay. Think about that. That's the flip side to that. Yes. But see, it was an intelligent flip side. <laughs> I've been getting a flip side that was ignorant. <laughs> so when I get Amanda's side, I can, you know, the it clarity. gives you. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay, cool. sister. So we remember, make sure you pass a heifer on. Pass a heifer. Family. Pass a heifer. Friends. Pass a heifer. Co-workers. Ooh. And the haters. Make sure they are subscribing to the Gospel Heifers podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. So until next time, people, peace. I holla.